0: Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> From the crime scene match yours. You have to believe
1: me. I did not do what they said I did.
2: got one prisoner unaccounted on for, Mark Roberts. A daring escape,
0: a cross-country manhunt. No one had seen
2: anything like it. I have.
0: Hello, and welcome to Rewatchability, part of the Entertainment One Podcast Network. I'm JM McNab, joined as always by
1: Robert Laronde
0: and Blaine Waters. And this week on the show, we've got a very special episode for you. We're going to be talking about the 1998 action thriller adventure, Us Marshals.
1: <laughs> no, wait, sorry, I read just that wrong. Just a bunch of us, us Marshals. Just a this bunch is, of Marshals. This is Us Marshals.
0: <laughs> no, we're just being silly. It's Us Marshals. It's the spinoff slash sequel to The Fugitive, which came out five years later. And
1: uh, you mean five years earlier? Oh, the, the Fugitive came out 5, the sequel came out 5, okay.
0: Exactly. <laughs> but before we get into Tricky. that, I do want to mention our Patreon. Uh, if you want to help keep the show going, go over to patreon.com slash rewatchability. And if you donate a few bucks, you get the show early and sometimes some bonus content. And it helps uh, helps keep us going and uh, maintain On the run. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Hair dye and cheap motel rooms aren't cheap, guys. Uh, No.
1: (laughs) Despite the name, cheap hotel rooms.
0: (laughs) That's right, yeah. (laughs) It does seem like, yeah, it does seem, I think I looked, you know, I looked into like traveling somewhere and I looked at like the shittiest motel possible and it was still out of my price range. That's (laughs) when I realized I'm poor. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about this movie. I suggested it because I kind of wanted to talk about it. I had it on the on my mind because I was thinking about The Fugitive and that movie has had a huge cultural impact that still resonates today like mm-hmm. there were like multiple remakes of the Fugitive on TV at one point recently, or at least in development. There was one on right. Quibi with Kiefer Sutherland, <laughs> and then there was like a Japanese one being developed at the same time. And there's talk of like perhaps a canonical sequel to the original movie, and then there's Ooh. also a reboot being made. And it just seems like people are always talking about The Fugitive. John Mulaney has that extended bit about The Fugitive. The Fugitive's huge. Lindy West has a whole chapter in her recent book about The Fugitive. Everyone's talking about The Fugitive, but it occurred to me, like, that there's this other movie featuring many of the same characters with a very similar plot that, like, nobody talks about it anymore. I like, wonder oh, why.
1: Harrison Ford's back? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you couldn't get wow. him.
0: But I mean it is still like I in my memory which we'll get into but like in my memory it was still like a fun fugitive like outing. But let's hear what you guys have to say. Blaine, when did you first see US Marshals?
2: I first saw the fugitive back No, I've nope. never seen nope. <laughs> I've never seen this movie. What? Um, no, I never saw this movie. I was like, wow. "Oh, they they they're trying to remake it, but it looks like it's all the same beats and, and it doesn't have Harrison Ford in it. And I'm. It's called a sequel, Blair. <laughs> That's how they work. It is like, I mean, to be
0: fair, like the sort of st- scene stealer from The Fugitive was Tommy Lee Jones. Like he won an Oscar for playing Lieutenant Gerard. Yeah. So it's not crazy that they no. focused the sequel on his character.
2: No. You know, I might have... I might have watched it sometimes. So, I mean, you guys caught me in a false memory a little while ago with The Muppets. And just recently, I was I was like, I hadn't seen a movie or something. And I was like, I've never watched this movie. And then my friend was like, you watched it at my house at a sleepover. And I was like, no, I forgot. Well, um, which movie was that? You know? I can't remember. <laughs> um, oh was it God. U.S. Marshals? It was probably U.S. <laughs> Marshals. Uh, but yeah, I I might have seen this one. I know that, like, I, I kind of remember when it came out. People were like, oh, this is like the sequel to that movie. And I remember the trailers with Wesley Snipes like, jumping off the the building. And that was mm-hmm. a big thing. And I remember thinking, well, it's not a damn, but it's, it's damn close. <laughs> so... So Jack that nev-
0: guy does not want to pay his taxes. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> Jumping on subway trains. Just anything to avoid the tax man. And so I just, I, yeah, I didn't, I wasn't in, that interested in it. Robert Downey Jr. wasn't kind of on my radar at that point. He's also in this movie, I think, some people. You didn't love him from Ally McDeal? Some people, no, no, I didn't. Some people might have wanted to watch it because of that, but I was not one of those people. But what about you, Rob? Did you ever see U.S. Marshals?
1: I did, in okay. fact, see nice. U.S. Marshals. Yeah, because I do my homework. and I, I mean, I was... watched it for this
2: podcast. <laughs>
1: <Some of it. laughs> yeah, well, that's too little too late. I saw I this think it 20 was a years ago. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: I remember renting this. I think my family rented this, and we watched it. And I remember specifically that I had not seen The Fugitive at that point. <laughs> 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 Like, I knew all about The Fugitive because, like you said, JM, it was such a huge movie. It, like, really, like, popped into the culture all over the place. I'm sure that... Like, I saw a Tiny Toons parody of it or something like that that told me everything that I need to know. But I did see U.S. Marshals, and I always thought it was sort of funny that, oh, yeah, they made a sequel, but the guy that everybody wants to see from the first movie isn't in it. And I know what you said, J.M., about Tommy Lee Jones sort of stealing the spotlight from Harrison Ford a little bit, and that's true, and Lord knows... I love me some TLJ. Like, <laughs> he is... <laughs> he is ornery. He is cranky. He is, like... He's everything that I aspire to be. He he takes no <laughs> bullshit. He, he doesn't have any fun. I just... Like, so many of his lines from movies, like double jeopardy from like uh no country for old men are just like oh yeah they're like earworms they like they they stick in your brain like the hook of a pop song just because he has like that tired weary old draw i i love it I love it. Yeah, and just
0: because you mentioned it, I do think and we talked about this when we did it on the podcast, but like Double Jeopardy is basically like the end of the trilogy. Mm. Like I mean, he's playing a different character, but he's basically doing the same thing. He's he's chasing a fugitive in that movie even though that's explicitly not his job. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I remember thinking that it was okay, you know. It was not anything super amazing, but I remember it being thrilling, like an action-adventure movie should be. And, you know, it it had, like, all the elements. It was fun. I liked Wesley Snipes. I thought it was pretty good. Hadn't really thought about it since then. Because, I mean, you know, I mean, uh, it's not The Fugitive, right? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I was interested to see just how it held up because, yeah, I mean— Again, I love the TLJ, and uh, I thought like a dose of of that would be just what I needed. Mm. What about you, J.M.?
0: Well, I saw this movie in the theater when it came out, and you know, I looked. I actually looked up like the old newspaper listings from when this movie was out because I had a very distinct memory of going to see it at a certain theater and uh, i wanted to double check to make sure that was right and i looked it up and it was it was playing at the theater i thought it was like a twin cinema and in the other uh theater they're playing the man in the iron mask nice oh. with with uh, with leonardo dicaprio spoiler <laughs> yeah you never know who's in there it's, it's made of iron that thing yeah i kind of like you rob i just like it fine i thought i remembered it being a fun night out at the movies but
1: like it it, you know there's popcorn yeah (laughs) posters on the wall it's a fun night (laughs) and it was also
0: like you know i i've talked about this before but like there are certain movies where i just like i really vividly remember like the the time of year when i saw them and like and i looked it up and this movie did come out like around this time of year it was i think in february which is also like you know kind of when studios typically like dump their movies that aren't blockbusters or aren't like awards contenders so this this made sense and i but i just remember thinking it was like a pretty good movie it was fun but it wasn't you know it wasn't something you would rewatch because if you wanted to see that kind of thing you would just watch the fugitive <laughs> so yeah and i uh, didn't kill
1: my wife <laughs> i don't care i course,
0: don't yeah. care yeah and he does he has more dialogue than Harrison Ford in The Fugitive Tommy That's Lee Jones true. Yeah so like yeah and i i do remember like thinking it was kind of weird that it it was a sequel following the guy who wasn't like you know the star of the movie but i liked it yeah
1: yeah it just seems weird <laughs> okay. because i mean again i love Tommy Lee Jones but he is not He's not really a leading man type, you know? He's not... He doesn't really have the looks. His face is, like... It's carved out of, like, granite. And, (laughs) I mean, you know, some of those things, like... Some of those things that you need for a leading man or you think that you need like you you just don't think that he would be able to deliver like for example, like you want the leading man to be sexy and there's a scene in this movie <laughs> where <laughs> he's at a dance with like a younger woman and he puts his hand on her back and you're like, oh grandpa, come on
2: yeah that's a really it's weird like, scene that was a really weird <laughs> scene. A super yeah weird scene well there's a
0: lot of weird scenes in this movie, so let's get right into it yeah. Rob, do you want to do the rundown?
1: Okay, I will. So it starts with some
2: grainy footage of a parking garage. It's like yeah, it's like deep throat. It <laughs> Immediately sucks you in with this footage. You can't really tell what's happening. No, I'm yet.
1: talking about the Nixon deep throat, Blaine. <laughs>
2: just sucks you in you know um
1: (laughs) but yeah and something something goes wrong on this footage and it's you know oh very very mysterious i bet we're gonna find out more
2: about that later
1: but cut to a man in a chicken costume
2: (laughs) this might have been my favorite part of the entire movie
1: (laughs) this was definitely my favorite part of the entire movie because you see this chicken man and you're like we're going to find something out about this chicken man, you know. Bruce Springsteen's
0: going to write a whole song about him. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's right. <laughs> hey, they'll talk about it on the, his new podcast with Obama. <laughs> <laughs> I should listen to that right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But there's a thing going down, like an operation, and there's like a bunch of criminals in this apartment, and all of these U.S. Marshals are doing the thing to catch the criminals, and the guy in the chicken suit, (laughs) God love him... (laughs) It's Tommy Lee Jones, and well, just- yeah,
0: we we need to stop and talk about this chicken costume for fifteen to twenty minutes because <laughs> it is bizarre. It's also like it, it kind of works because they play it so incredibly straight. I know. Like, There's mm-hmm. no hint at all that this is supposed to be funny. Like the music is deadly serious. Tommy Lee Jones is deadly serious. <laughs> oh yeah,
1: no. But like a- it, it is also
0: like a, the first sign that. Like, okay, this movie's probably not going to be at the level of the fugitive because like the people making this are kind of just fucking around a little yeah like, I mean it it works, I guess, but it's also kind of like you know the guy writing it, or the you know the producers were like, Hey, you know what? Tommy Lee Jones is kind of an asshole. let's put him in a chicken costume for a day
1: My question is, did. how much did they have to pay him to make him do that like I can imagine just, like, a complete standstill. He would just be like, I'm not putting on that suit. And then he, they would be like, okay, well, what if we give you this? And then he'd be like, it's not happening. Like, what What amount would finally make him
2: break? <laughs> I want to yeah. order th- three more people around in this scene. <laughs> I want to do it. <laughs> then I'll put the chicken suit on.
1: I read on the
0: uh, IMDb trivia, and I don't like to get my trivia from there because, uh, mm. I, I,
1: you know, People we, just at it. We you don't prefer if it's organic farm sourced, <laughs>
0: Lo- local, crispy
2: organic fried. Trivia, trivia, yeah.
0: But I did read on there that, like in the script, it was supposed to be he was supposed to be dressed like a priest, and okay. uh, and then they changed it because the filmmakers were like, "No, chicken costume, <laughs>
2: <laughs> great,
1: <laughs> this is way better."
2: My favorite yeah, shot, it's just so. Ob- it, yeah it's just it is absurd rob like the my favorite shot is just when they follow these criminals into the house and it's like dun 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 and then it cuts to like the chicken just staring front and center, like, at you watching the film. And you're like, sorry, did I do something wrong by watching this? I was just staring at, piercing Well, because yeah, he, he also pulls
0: out his gun, if I'm remembering
2: right, in the I chicken he costume.
0: pulls out his gun, yeah, before he takes the chicken costume off. So for, like, a few seconds, it's just, like, a giant cartoon chicken running with a handgun it's down like, the street while this
2: intensely serious music plays. It's like Big Bird gone amuck. It, it's crazy. yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, it takes a lot of balls to introduce the hero of your action movie (laughs) in a chicken costume. But also, I mean, the fun doesn't stop there, because he goes up to the criminal's apartment where they're doing, I guess, criminal things. I don't think that they really explain this one too much. And, like, (sighs) this woman who looks like a a low-rent Dolly Parton attacks him, and he, like, knocks her out. He just, like, punches her in the face. There's a lot,
2: like... They're going to get, he's going to get kind of busted for police brutality from this one guy who he hits with a shotgun, but he basically beats and tortures everyone in that apartment. Like, it's insane. Yeah, he punches
0: an unarmed woman in the face. And then, this movie is pure lunacy in the first five minutes. There's that, there's the chicken suit, and then there's a fucking shotgun in a baby's crib.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You don't, you don't keep a shotgun in your baby's crib?
0: No, Rob. Of course not. My kids are in full size beds now. That's where right. I have to go
1: check on something.
0: No, I, it's yeah, because like one of the guys is like, I just got to go check on my baby, and then he pulls a shotgun out from like under the mattress, which is not safe. Like no. guys, if Bad you're a, if you're a new parent, don't put baby bumpers on the side of your crib because it obstructs the breathing, and don't put shotguns underneath the mattress. Those are <laughs> there's two things you don't
1: do. No,
2: like a handgun or a pistol. That's different. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, a giant knife or something. Just protection. You need protection, yeah. but a gun, yeah. too much. If you had protection, you
0: probably wouldn't have had the baby. The place,
2: <laughs> <laughs> where are you going? My baby's quiet. Stay where you are. I'm,
0: I'm just free. checking <laughs> on my baby. Stay where you just are. just going to check on my baby. <laughs> <laughs> my sake,
2: we'll away. Hurt, man. <laughs> Get away! <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: But that's the sort of opening, and, you know, it all seems to go all right for them. They're all celebrating at the bar, and they get their guys, and I think they hear a few people die. But they, it's fine. They're they're having a good time. <laughs> but he goes to this party. Hey, we forgot about that baby. I'm sure it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> he goes to this fancy party, and he speaks to his boss, which is a woman about his own age and this is the point where he's has his arms around this younger woman who we never hear about or see (laughs) again in this movie. I don't know if it's like his date or that's his daughter or what's happening. (laughs) Never explained. But she is she is jealous his boss because uh, you know, it's a it's a nineties movie, right? So (laughs) she and not specifically because of the jealousy, but also because of the police brutality where he punched the prisoner. For that reason, more so, but also a little bit because of the jealousy. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah, yeah. No, for sure. Everyone wants to fuck Lee Jones in this movie.
2: God. <laughs> yeah. Well, Did you see him dressing. when he took off his shirt? Come on, guys.
1: <laughs> so she sends him to do this thing where he has to go escort all these prisoners on this plane. And, uh, you know, it's a routine thing happens all the time it's like it's, it doesn't make sense because it's he's accused of like brutalizing
0: this gang that they brought in or this you know what, whatever they are and the solution to that to fix that problem is that he has to escort them because they're extraditing them back to new york so yeah he has to, but like why would you put why would you put the guy who's in charge of like <laughs> brutalizing them why would you put why would more time with that prisoner be the ideal solution to that problem
2: it does seem like a very like american cop thing to do though like from what we know (laughs) of history right now does seem apropos with the
0: abject failure of law enforcement exactly
1: speaking of the abject failure of law enforcement wesley snipes (laughs) is also in this movie and it's sort of interesting like the way that his character comes in because he's just Doing his doing his thing. I think he's a tow truck driver yeah. at the beginning of the movie, and
2: so you already hate him for some reason, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hate him. Oh, tow truck drivers! Uh, after being there's towed, a big thing you just in really yeah, really don't. Now, Wait, like, uh, yeah, there's, I don't it's know a what they you...
1: organized uh, organized crime thing. Yeah, there through. is. They like
2: get in gunfights and stuff in Toronto.
1: Are you like part of the tow truck mafia? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What do you have
0: against tow truck drivers?
2: Oh, just being towed really really sucks and uh i I was towed twice in one week and they were both like fallen signs that uh they were like well the sign isn't up so i guess you get towed and then you have to like make your way to the tow truck place and then you have to pay hundreds and hundreds of dollars hundred dollars every hour it's there uh it's just like it's just extortion right it's okay but if your car breaks down on the side of the highway who do you call caa (laughs) which is different than a tow truck driver All right. Yeah, okay, okay. okay. I got you. Well, you
1: know what? Wesley Snipes doesn't have that option because he gets (laughs) in an accident, and, you know, the cops come and they help him, and then they find a gun in his truck, and they arrest him. He says that he has it because, you know, it's a dangerous job and all that stuff, but still, they throw him in jail, and it kind of seems like maybe there's a racial element to this. What do you guys think? Is that maybe just watching it from, like, 2021 whatever year this is you're like oh yeah of course the black guy is gonna get thrown in jail
0: yeah i don't think they ever really address it with this and also we've learned very quickly that like he's under some kind of assumed name because when they pull his information they find like a totally different guy so mm-hmm. we know that something's kind of up pretty quickly and also uh, not to skip too far ahead but like the more we spend time with the u.s marshals we find out that they are very racist, like just casually racist. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. Each other,
2: Yeah. Towards yeah, Asian and, uh, people. Tw- like, it's just awful. Yeah, Joe yeah, Pantoliano. Like at one
0: point, Joe Pantoliano uses the word Chinaman. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. No oh, reason. is it just one point? <laughs> it's probably several points. But like, yeah, so like that, I, I feel like if, yeah, they, they never seem like conscious of the, of that. Element of the story and also like i was looking up about the u.s marshals and there was like coincidentally the same year this movie came out in 1998 there was like a big lawsuit against the like u.s marshall service or whatever based on like the uh, the sort of uh discrimination and and institutional mm. racism within the ranks from like a black mar- uh u.s marshal who is uh i can't remember exactly what happened but uh, uh well, <laughs> I, I didn't you know I, I i started going down the rabbit hole of because i was like what are yeah. the u.s marshals and then i yeah i started <laughs> reading all these articles but uh the the point is like that could have been a thing in the movie and i don't think the movie seemed that interested no, in no. That. but that was certainly like as the movie started i wondered if you know if that was going to be a component of it,
2: there was yeah. there was one point in the movie where they're tracking Wesley Snipes, and there's another black man on the streets of New York, and Tommy Lee Jones has to say to his crew, "Like that's not him, but track him anyway." You're like, "Why, <laughs> why?" Yeah, they're
0: all like, "Is that him?"
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> and really
0: not him. And it's like, no, and yeah, but then Tommy Lee Jones is like, "Follow him anyway." And yeah, like, what? Because he's, he's a random black guy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> But he had no reason to think that. No, (laughs) it was crazy.
1: (laughs) That's just how police work works, you know? You just find a black guy and it turns out to be the one. It's crazy.
0: (laughs) So Wesley Snipes ends up being on the same plane that Tommy Lee Jones is on. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: that's right. And while this plane is in flight, this con air, if you will, (laughs) they... This one guy gets up to go to the bathroom, and he uh, he does this little thing with the toilet paper roll holder and sort of makes, like, a, a weapon with the spring. It's a good little tip.
0: Uh, <laughs> well, no, but... he... no it's <laughs> yeah, a pre-planted... It must have been, like, hidden yeah. there or something, right?
2: Yeah, it's yeah. Like... It's, a, it's oh, like... Oh, maybe. A, it's, it's a zip like a gun. gun. I guess so. Yeah, it's a zip gun that they, like, make yeah. in prison. So someone, like, pre-planted right. it there. So.
1: And he tries to attack Wesley Snipes, but... Wesley Snipes, who also seems to be, like, he's trying to escape, he, like, deflects the blow, and then it sort of blows open the side of the airplane, and all hell breaks loose. And the the plane goes down, and, uh, you know, Tommy Lee Jones is all like, ah! I mean, he's not (laughs) like that. He's just like... There is a plane crash happening around me. I am totally calm.
0: (laughs) He has that same look on his face as like someone telling a joke at the Golden Globes. (laughs) (laughs) I actually thought this whole sequence was really effective I thought it was it was maybe the best part in the movie this whole plane crash sequence because it's funny because you know I was reading up a bit about the movie and they were saying like oh you know we had to have this big plane crash sequence to to one-up the fugitive which had a bus crash and it's like I that was that is not like one of my 20 favorite parts about the fugitive yeah you know? like yeah. I, I did not I did not think like the crash that frees the prisoner was something they needed to like really amplify in any way
2: yeah, and it's weird that like I don't know this movie just irked me that it tried to follow all the beats too. Like he has to jump off something high, he has to escape from like a, tr- a prisoner transport and like all yeah. that stuff. I was just like, ah.
0: yeah, it's weird. And I, I do, as much as like I don't think it was necessary. I do think it was like an effectively done sequence in terms of like a movie plane crash i thought it was uh suspenseful and and it was also felt like really real because it was also like the plane doesn't just crash like the plane you know lands and skids for a while and then kind of slowly goes off into the water like it's a big big long uh sequence
1: yeah they try to like land it on the road and then they run out of road and there's fire and there's (laughs) rain and all of that stuff And Tommy Lee Jones eventually has to, like, save a bunch of the prisoners as it's sort of sinking. And he he enlists Wesley Snipes while Wesley Snipes is trying to escape. But then when TLJ isn't looking, Wesley Snipes does escape. And you know what that means. That means that there's a fugitive. (laughs) And that gets Tommy Lee Jones excited because this is where he is the fucking king. He is the master fugitizer. Like, you know, the the sort of local podunk police department, they start getting their people and they're like, oh, uh, yeah, I guess we better start searching for the bad guys and then we'll have to do a circle and Tommy Lee Jones is just sort of like standing there, like just waiting, it's just like, just just, you know, just give it to me.
2: Just Give me, just Let give me it run. over. Let me run. You
1: know?
0: <laughs> I thought that was actually kind of a good way of subverting what you think is going to happen because, like, the big moment in The Fugitive is him being like, we need to find every barn house, hen house, out house, you know,
2: yeah.
0: house of pain, and the, you know, whatever. Like, that's his whole <laughs> thing. So, but instead of replicating that, they like give it to a guy who doesn't know what he's doing that does a terrible version of that. And then it just focuses on him, like, cringing. And he's just, like, so uncomfortable. He's like, ah, I could do this so much better. <laughs> Why won't yeah. you let me do it? I thought that it's was kinda, kind of it's kind clever. Yeah.
1: It's pretty funny, though. He, he doesn't he doesn't mention any dog houses or head houses or you know just like nobody wants your new stuff. Play the hits. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but then, yeah, they start to get on the fugitizing, and that's exciting because you know. Wesley Snipes is on the run, and they're running on after him, and they have to catch him in a whole bunch of different places. Like the chase is on. I think one of the first major places is the swamp with the swamp boats. Yeah, and this That's is fun, yeah. huh? and This
2: is right after R.D.J. Another another three letter actor That's right. comes in.
1: Yeah. I should have mentioned him. Yeah, he gets sort of brought in by another department. He's not a US Marshal. I think he's like a he's like a state. He's a them marshal.
2: Like yeah. Yeah.
1: And uh there's something, you know, there's something sketchy about Iron Man. You know, he he's not he doesn't seem like he's quite playing for the team. And yeah, Tommy Lee Jones, you can tell that he's reluctant to accept the newcomer into his group, you know, he sort of, you know, gives him a hard time. But at the same time, Robert Downey Jr. does try to like prove himself. And I should also mention that the group, the team, the U.S. Marshals—it's called U.S. Marshals, not U.S. Marshal. There's a right, bunch right. of them, yeah. and they're like most of the same people from The Fugitive, well, like yeah. Joey Pants. Joey Pants he was is in there, The yeah. Fugitive. Yeah. The other people, I think, <laughs> what are they pretty doing? much everybody is back except for the lady who played uh, Rose in Lost, yeah. who's in The Fugitive she's not in this movie but there is another black woman (laughs) oh god well she's also yeah it's it's you know they play different characters
0: like they have different names but clearly they they cast another black actress of like similar statures like she's like a little shorter so Uh, what's the hiring practices
2: at the u.s marshals they're like hey we need to fill out our team this is we need that exact same person yeah, you get look.
0: someone who kind of looks like the person that used to work here?
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, that was like, I I wish they had like... Spe- I mean, though, it, it, it had been five years, so like... But I mean, clearly, the filmmakers were probably like, let's just cast uh, someone that looks like the other actress. And I looked into it, because I do have a trivia question uh, for you guys later, kind of about this, but I looked into it, and I could not find any reason why she was not in the movie like I, me too I, yeah it's weird like, yeah i
1: wanted some tea you know yeah. like i wanted the tea spill right like, like the rupaul on, of it on my lap <laughs> okay that's but she's not also, i mean what he was <laughs> she's a great
0: actress she's you know obviously lost and and Lost of other stuff. Oh, she's uh, great and lost. That I can't think of right off the top of my head. The Fugitive? She's great and lost. Fugitive. <laughs> fugitive? Well, she's good in the Fugitive. I mean, yeah. they're all good in the Fugitive, so it is nice that they brought most of them back. Yeah. It's just I weird.
1: Mean, it's just weird. It... Yeah. Why is it weird? think it's weird. I think it's nice. And, like, I was talking no, about. No, they didn't bring her back. When we were talking about species, about the whole, like, 90s, like, the team trope where you, like, never get to really know these people and they're all sort of expendable. It's nice that they bring them back, you know?
2: Yeah, but it just kind of feels like. Fuck you in particular, you know? <laughs> like, everyone's back right. but you, oh, Rose. Oh, yeah, it's Rose, yeah. for sure. I mean, I oh, have
0: yeah. to imagine... It's that they, she didn't want to come back or that she was busy. But I looked at, you know, the other things she was doing that year and it was like, you know, small parts on like a TV series or something. Like, there was nothing like huge where I was like, oh, right. She was filming. She was in Star Wars, of course. Like, right. she wouldn't she, be available. Like, I didn't see anything like that.
1: They were probably like, hey, do you want to come back for the Fugitive sequel? And she was like, yeah, sure. I love Harrison. working with Harrison. <laughs> And he's like, well, listen, uh, L... Her name is L. Scott Caldwell. L. That's a good name too. Got news, and then she was like, "Sorry, you know." Yes, see, yes. No yeah. Ford. No L. Scott Caldwell.
0: Maybe she saw the writing on the wall that this was not going to be up to the same caliber. Mm. As yeah, the fugitive. Yeah. So yeah, Robert Downey Jr. comes in. I, I'd forgotten his role in this. Yeah, he's kind of like. Uh, I don't know how to describe him. He's he's not as hardened as these U.S. marshals, though he is. He's supposed to be like a tough, like agency guy, but
2: kind of. But he's a
0: bit like he's a bit of a fancy pants kind of guy. He's got a fancy suit and a fancy gun and a fancy haircut.
1: But he can undo a pair of handcuffs with glasses, so right, that's good. Deputy,
2: get me out of these cuffs right now! Get out of my
1: Whoa, whoa, whoa! What are you doing? What? what what's he doing?
2: What's the next, fellas? Cow tipping? Is that is that like on the test for being CIA? Is that? one of the things I don't know like I mean, it's just supposed ruin to your glasses. Like, he's like
1: you know he's like you know a cool dude like <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones well
2: like, I thought know. it was that he
0: does that because he handcuffs him and then asks him to get out of it and he grabs the glasses I thought that was because he knew that that was how Wesley Snipes picked his handcuffs
2: and right he, oh, Tommy Lee
0: Jones was piecing together that Wesley Snipes was is as we find out actually like part of that agency what? and that
2: yeah no, because well,
0: Tommy,
1: Lee Jones, Cause Tommy Lee Jones
0: saw him picking his handcuffs. Did he?
1: Th- how did Robert Downey Jr. know
2: that? That see, what I happened? think it's just in their training. Well, I also I don't think
0: Robert Downey Jr. did know that. I think that's just how. Yeah, like their training. Yeah, like that's this is how you pick handcuffs if you. Oh,
2: and so that was yeah. Like
1: okay, that makes sense. One of because the later yeah. spoiler. I mean, that's we, we spoil things. <laughs> We're <laughs> about to describe that... the entire movie. <laughs> yeah, from nineteen ninety-six or whatever. Uh, it turns out that Wesley Snipes is an agent. He he's what they call a kite. He's somebody that they fly uh, on a breezy day. Mm. He, he he's like a he's like a mercenary or he something. he was activated
0: yeah. by Dick Van Dyke <laughs> back in the sixties.
1: Yeah, he's he's one of those people who you know does things for them, but who they will disavow if you know they get caught. And so we're sort of starting to piece this together, like. It se- turns out that, like, oh, Wesley Snice was one of the guys in that Grainy Parking Garage video. Yeah. Yeah. And also, like, there was a couple of federal agents who were killed during that uh, particular s- scenario. And that's why Robert Downey Jr. has, like, you know, it's a little bit personal for him, you know, because his his buddies were killed.
2: My favorite moment, just going back to the glasses for a second, was that they show us him taking the glasses, and that he takes only one arm of the glasses. But then when he undoes it in the plane, like they cut to the cop that he stole the glasses from. The cop is like, putting on his glasses at night, and he's missing an arm, and he's like, what the Sam, hell?" <laughs> and it's so stupid, but I just really it's wanted... It's so jarring, too. It is so jarring. It's like, for
0: four... Se- we're in this airplane, <laughs> this big airplane scene, and then for four seconds, we cut to this guy it's, and his wife in bed.
2: It's like a family guy cut scene. It's, it's <laughs> so funny, and I just really wanted them to, like keep on cutting back to it throughout the movie like he's like I, I don't know I don't know where it went I now I have to get my eyes tested again to get a new pair and he's like in the pharmacy
1: checking the car <laughs> yeah he's like I did I mean I, it's hard without my glasses but
2: he's like back at work checking through his desk like I don't know where they are and then his partner's like I think he's going <laughs> oh, senile I think he's going senile
1: <laughs> it would be amazing if he was like you know like banging his desk drawers and then somehow like there was a chain reaction that helped them catch Robert Downey Jr. at the end just like full circle it, you know? Yeah, yeah.
2: be nice anyway. But it doesn't.
1: So I don't know how
0: much of like the ins and outs of the story we, we, we want to get into because like they chase him. There's, there's a lot of chasing. My intrigue.
1: God. Intrigue. Yeah. There's something with like the Chinese government and spies and. Yeah. Basically, they piece together.
0: Tommy Lee Jones figures out that he was set up. Yeah. Because uh, there was no way for him to have even. I was even confused about what happened. So was he there? Did he kill those guys or didn't? Yeah,
1: he? but it was self defense.
0: And but then, like they said, like oh, he, you wouldn't have been able to get his fingerprints, which is the proof they had, because in the video you can clearly see that he was wearing gloves. He couldn't yeah, have put those on
2: right. after he killed those those men. Nope. He's just yeah. There's so many kind of like little holes in this movie that were big reveals, and I was like, well. But any cop could be like, well, he could put those gloves on after, and just take the case. Like I don't know, they all had, they were all just full of holes, like that plane. Well, also, how did how the-
0: did they get that f- crime scene footage?
2: Yeah, that because when they went to the guys, he was like, "That's protected under law," and Tommy Lee Jones is like, "Don't give me that," and I don't know, it, it's just like, well, yeah. how did you? How did you get it if it was top secret? Like, like what was, what was involved in that?
0: Oh, and this is after we didn't talk about how when they track him down in the swamp, they do have the, like, Tommy Lee Jones faces off against Wesley Snipes yeah. moment. Like the, I didn't kill my wife. The, I, I don't, don't care. care. Yeah. But in this one, Tommy Lee Jones shoots him in the shoulder. And so then he yeah. ends up in the hospital. And that's, that's when his boss shows up. And, like, Tommy Lee Jones uh, is, you know... Got no shirt on, you know, for the ladies. Yeah,
1: yeah. And
0: then his boss comes in, and she's like, "You know, I love you." Or I don't remember what the line was, but it's so bad. And then because his famous line was in this movie, I don't care. And then he yeah. went on the
1: God damn it, Tommy!
0: <laughs> yeah, I, it's yeah, it's weird. Like it's 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 funny because yeah, they follow the structure of the fugitive so much, but then they're like, we'll sprinkle in like. Some kind of like semblance of a character for this guy, like his boss is in love with him apparently, and like it, like it there's lips was yeah. paid to like the idea of fleshing this guy out as like, you know, the lead of our movie, but they can never really afford much time to it because they're
2: following the fugitive uh storylines. So and who is the girl at the beginning? Like <laughs> did he pay for her company? What's going on there? I wanna know. <laughs>
1: anyway yeah
0: yeah so then like yeah it's this whole thing there's there's one terrific chase sequence which is the one that ends on the subway train that was in the trailer mm-hmm. but most of it takes place oddly in an old folks home why
2: and tommy Lee jones is literally bursting into every room with a gun out being like is he in here and yeah and then he's yeah, just like and then he's going like Senior's keeling over with heart attacks. Exactly. And then he's saying, like, calm down, sir. Calm down. I'm not looking for you. Like, what? Then don't burst into the room with a gun. God damn it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then Robert Downey Jr., this is where Robert Downey Jr. catches Wesley Snipes at the the senior's home. And he's basically, like, doing it in the room while there's, like, this old man, like a Hector Salamanca That's what I was going to say. I
2: I just expected him to be, like, ringing the bell when he entered the room.
1: (laughs) Bing, bing, bing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but that guy's just stuck in the corner watching. But Robert Downey Jr. is basically going to execute Wesley Snipes. He has the gun to the back of his head, execution style. And then – but this one U.S. marshal who's like the floppy-haired one who, you know – His name's Newman. Bit, yeah. <laughs> Newman. <laughs> He's, just too, he's too precious to live because he has, like, this floppy hair. And uh, so Robert Downey Jr. wastes him, you know? Yeah. Yeah, just, a, like, which is a twist. Blows him away. Yeah. It is a twist, yeah, because, uh, yeah, usually, I mean, in those days you'd expect Robert Downey Jr. to be the one to get wasted. Oh, oh snap. snap. No?
0: Snap.
1: <laughs> he's, he's been open about okay. his struggles. Come on. But, I mean, like, he was a bad guy in this movie. How could you not just hate him a little bit? That's true.
0: He is hateable in this yeah. movie. Yeah. But, well, he-
1: yeah.
0: yeah. But then, then, yeah, so Wesley Snipes escapes. Then he, like, yeah, he somehow, like, ziplines down to a roof and hops on a subway train. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. pretty cool. We also it's haven't talked amazing. about wesley snipes's girlfriend who's in this movie there's yeah, the barista <laughs> yeah there's a weird like i guess it was product placement like there's a weird scene like she works as a barista at a starbucks and they just like cut to a starbucks and before we see her there's, there's like a scene of like a guy selling a beverage <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah it was it was pretty weird I, I, th- I thought she did a pretty great job i liked her she is really good she's yeah.
0: i forget oh, her yeah. name now she's in a lot of like kieslowski movies oh okay let me look
2: up here. So this was like a, a you know, her like American her big American movie kind of thing? I guess so. Irene Jacob. Okay. Mm, yeah, uh, she yeah, was, she yeah, was she's
1: good. good. Yeah. She was
2: like varied yeah. and and had some depth to her character that like her character had no depth, so it was good. She she did what she could with it.
1: Well, she worked at Starbucks.
2: That was a depth. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> the depth of the venti.
1: But they uh, Okay, so, yeah, they eventually catch Wesley Snipes. Oh, there's, like, the thing on the—they catch him on a ship, and there's a big fight on the grain, in the <laughs> grain hole, and they're just fighting on the grain. <laughs> and, like, Tommy Lee Jones wants to kill him because he thinks that Wesley Snipes killed the boy—sorry, mm-hmm. the, the the guy who has floppy hair, therefore he seems like a boy. <laughs> uh, Do
0: you think this was, like, paid for by some kind of, like— Agriculture uh, yeah, so yeah. okay, like we got the Conagra. chicken, <laughs> we've got the grain.
2: <laughs> the milk Big that goes farmer. in the coffee. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Big old McDonald. <laughs> but he he's he tries to like suffocate Wesley Snipes in the grain, which is like horrifying. Really going against the I mean, grain. Yeah. Get all the grains in your lungs. Yeah. But, you know, eventually and that, anyway, they catch him. And then at the hospital, it seems like Everything's, you know, cool And Robert Downey Jr. and Tommy Lee Jones Are just sort of like, you know, chilling outside of the room And then Tommy Lee Jones is thinking You can see the gears turning in his head And he's like Hey, Robert Downey Jr. Would you like me to get you a coffee? Which is totally suspicious Because Tommy Lee Jones never does anything nice for anybody <laughs> Not in any He's movie. such a mean old grump It's such a weird scene
2: These things are so cool They shoot underwater. You pour sand in them and they'll shoot.
0: Shoot every time. It's a good choice.
2: Get some rest. Uh, No, I'll just get some coffee. Hey, you want some? Hey? Yeah. Black. Four sugars. This is the first. (laughs) You must be truly exhausted. Oh, hey.
1: Um,
0: Stairway down Nursing station Remember Second floor Maybe I missed something But like the, the, (laughs) The way he pieces it together I mean he's already Kind of pieced it together But he's like Hey what gun Did Wesley Snipes use To murder my friend And it was like the gun that clearly was Robert Downey Jr.'s gun—that we had a whole scene earlier in the movie where Tommy Lee Jones was like, "What kind of gun do you have?" and like, took Not a of to, nothing. Like, look at his yeah. gun, and then later, yeah, he's just like, "Hey, what gun did they did he use to murder him?" It's like, "Oh, this one." It's like, "Oh, this was like two days earlier." He was it's looking so at this weird. gun, and, and he's like, "Yeah, I got yeah. a new gun." Like he said, and it's like, "Oh," and then Tommy Lee Jones is like, "Can I see your gun?" And he's like, "Sure," <laughs> and he like kind of looks at it, kind of like. You know, it's like a child doing a magic trick. It just like puts it like where you can't see. You can see it, him exchange
2: the the clip. You can see it like blatantly yeah. on the screen, and I'm like, Robert Downey Jr. is right there, dude. What are you yeah. doing? <laughs> it's no, yeah. He kind of like positions his body a little. Like
0: oh, I'm just
1: gonna look at suspiciously.
0: This guy. Yeah, yeah. And then and then he's like, I'm gonna get you coffee, which is also suspicious. And then obviously, like yeah. Robert Downey Jr. is the bad guy. Robert
1: Downey Jr. uses to kill Wesley Snipes or try to.
0: Yeah, but then he he doesn't have any bullets in his gun because of course he doesn't. Why wouldn't you? Why? How is he so stupid that he wouldn't suspect? Like, hey, I wonder if that guy did anything to my gun. Also, he was
2: also my randomly my my friend was uh, worked security for a long while, so he had a gun, and I remember him like being like the bullets are so heavy, like, they they double the weight of the gun when you have a full clip in. So, like, you'd be able to tell just from the weight that there's no bullets in the gun because it's literally half the weight. Anyway... That's also, weird. what
0: if he just had more bullets? Like, what if he <laughs> what if he just, like, put a new clip in before? Because they were not together that whole time.
2: Yeah. What if there
1: was one in the chamber? Yeah. Isn't that how it works? There's always one
2: in the chamber. <laughs> Such an action movie. But also,
1: what if Tommy Lee Jones just came back with the coffee that he went to get? Like, it wasn't going to take him that long. <laughs> you yeah. know, he was going to find Robert Downey Jr. in the middle of murdering Wesley. He's nice to be like, oh, here's your coffee with four sugars. That's a lot. Of- oh, my God. What are you... <laughs>
2: well also if you suspect the guy like the gun is gonna prove that it was his gun right like because he fired it on other occasions so the blast anyway it's just none of none of this doesn't matter it doesn't
1: matter the point is is you know they have their big moment and tommy lee jones has to shoot robert downey jr because because robert downey jr has a second gun after he's already disarmed him and wesley snipes is like no and then that's what happens, and then Tommy Lee Jones shoots him, and then that's what happens. Then yeah. the movie's over. I will say, then-
0: I think this movie would make a billion dollars if they released it today under the title Iron Man versus Blade <laughs> versus Two Face.
2: <laughs> nice. Yeah. 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 And then Wesley Snipes literally says, I'm going back to sleep. And that's how I felt at the end of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I just woke up to see the scene. And I'm going back to sleep. Yeah, yeah. It was man. it was not great, <laughs> but we should probably come back to uh, yeah. to your trivia questions.
0: Okay, we'll take a short break. We'll be right back.
2: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much
1: at Airbnb.com slash host.
0: We're back on Rewatchability. We're talking about U.S. Marshals, the sequel to The Fugitive that the kids can't stop
2: talking about it. <laughs> that everyone asked. Was for. there
1: action figures for this movie? Probably. <laughs> I want a Sam Gerard, you know, posable.
2: The chicken suit would have been good. What's it? That would have been a good action figure. Oh, my chicken God. Chicken guy with yeah. a gun? Make it.
0: You know, I think I told this story on our Fugitive podcast, but I remember my dad telling me that in like the 80s or something, the guy who played Lieutenant Gerard on the Fugitive TV show, like the original show, was doing a play in Toronto and my dad saw him on the subway and he almost went up to him and almost said, I just saw Dr. Kimball on the next car, but
2: uh, uh, he didn't. Um, That was probably kind of him. (laughs) Yeah.
1: That would be fun to do to uh, Tommy Lee Jones. Ooh, that would not go well.
0: (laughs) If you remember the name of the character from uh, U.S. Marshals, that would be deep cut. Okay, so some trivia for you. There's not a lot because no one cares about this movie. So there okay. wasn't a lot of, of, wow. you know, of stuff I couldn't unearth. But I do have a few things to talk about. And I've got some okay. trivia questions for you.
1: Okay. So
0: we mentioned L. Scott Caldwell does not reprise her role as Poole from the original movie. But as we also talked about, she would go on to appear as Rose on Lost. Which other Fugitive slash U.S. Marshall star appeared on
2: Lost with her? fellow castaway and they were in u.s marshals they're in u.s marshals and the fugitive and the fugitive so that narrows it down it really does
1: i saw the name on the on the imdb when i was uh the imda you know on the thing it's uh, his name's uh, like daniel roebuck or something it is daniel roebuck yeah the,
0: yeah da- daniel roebuck who plays biggs you know great character actor and he played arst on Lost Arst the, uh, big. the science teacher who explodes
2: Oh, oh yeah. shit Ars. I loved Ars. Oh, <laughs> he was great uh, What a great character You
1: know what I'm thinking Because it's been a long pandemic I've been going through All of the shows I think it might be time For a Lost rewatch Dude I want to see Rose I want to see Ars Blow up Yeah I'll Do it man
2: I loved Lost I'll Do it <laughs>
0: It's also, it's nice to watch. I watched it a little bit earlier in the pandemic because I was listening to like a podcast about it. And it it was, I didn't watch the whole thing, but I watched a few episodes and it was nice just to like see the tropical locations and (laughs) pretend that you were outside.
1: I'm on a beach with the others. Hey, Smoke Monster, get me a pina colada.
0: (laughs) Oh, wait, that's not the Smoke Monster. That's just Rob's living room. (laughs) Oh. Okay, this was uh, directed by Stuart Baird, who didn't, didn't direct The Fugitive. The Fugitive was directed by Andrew Davis, of course. But Stuart Baird uh, is a very famous editor of movies. He's edited a ton of uh, great, great films, Lethal Weapon and stuff like that, a lot of action movies. Uh, so he's only directed three movies. This movie was his second which 1996 action movie which also prominently features an airplane was his debut?
1: Oh, yeah, I know this one. Okay. What is it? Executive Decision. It is Executive oh, Decision. Oh, yeah, nice. I we have got to do that movie. I have mean, we not? Someday.
0: No, I don't think so,
2: yeah. It's got the no. it's got the great like kind of Scream Drew Barrymore kind of twist at the beginning. Which yeah. I, I love Isn't it. No, but like you know how like Scream kind of advertises oh, itself. Sigal is yeah. the
1: Drew Barrymore yeah. Of executive. Decision.
2: Yeah, exactly. so that
0: was like so talked about. Like I that I knew that going into it.
2: Oh yeah, he Okay. It's not
0: going
1: to be. I watched Executive Decision in case we never talk about it at school, <laughs> like for class. Okay, <laughs> they no. just put it on during class. We All were right, talking about the, about the executive
2: about that, branch, then. and this is the decisions they make. <laughs> um
1: <laughs> Oh my God, they killed
2: Timbitsigal. <laughs>
0: Okay. The movie was written by John Pogue, who had never I'm had... John the Pogues. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> He'd never written a movie that had been produced before no. this. He was like... I read a New York Times profile about him. He was like a hot new screenwriter who had like sold a few scripts that I don't think ever ended up getting made and landed like a million dollar development deal with Fox. Jesus. And the opening of the New York Times piece begins 31-year-old writer. The 31-year-old writer is Motherfuck. plotting is plotting his career with the panache of a young Orson Welles. <laughs> oh no. So he got signed to this deal, he like I think
1: Orson Welles was washed up by 31.
0: <laughs> he he sold his first two scripts in 94 for $750,000. Jesus. So he was, kind of, and he's done a lot of rewrite stuff. He, uh, or at the time, he was doing a lot of rewrite stuff. But he was this kind of like hot new screenwriter. They gave him the script, uh, or the assignment of writing the script for you know the fugitive sequel. It was a big deal. He hasn't done a ton of like credited work after that. But like I said, I'm sure he's done a lot of like rewrite stuff. Yeah. Uh, and he has he has worked. He does have credits. But uh, what was his next? credited feature film after this and I will give you a clue it stars Joshua Jackson. Hmm. Okay, no guesses guys? Nope. (sighs) No. Oh, it is I think it was a movie that was shot here, The Skulls.
1: Oh, I was just gonna say the skulls. The skulls.
2: Yeah. Uh, Okay. Damn. Yeah, it was it was shot at U of T for Harvard, I think.
0: Yeah, 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 exactly. I was uh, at U of T when it done was shot. Have we done the skulls? No, we should. Insane. This uh, this isn't really a trivia question, but there is a kind of weird connection that this movie has to the Fugitive. I wanted to talk about, <laughs> and that is uh, not uh, in addition to the fact that it has many of the same characters and copies the story. <laughs> And that is that they basically left the the garbage from their their crash scene lying around. The the uh, <laughs> I'm sure we talked about it when we did the fugitive on the show, but like the you know the bus train collision set piece, right? That they did for the first movie was basically just left there. So I don't know if it's still there, but like for a while you could just go see it. It was just like on the side of a highway. Jesus, weird or something. And this movie, so they actually had a, uh, a life-size, a real Boeing 727 uh, that they like submerged into a, a river to film those scenes. So it was purchased by this guy and, and hauled out to Mermit Springs, I believe in Illinois, where it was fully submerged underwater and they use it for divers. They have uh, diving schools and places for expert divers because apparently, you know, I guess it gets boring to just dive down and there's nothing underwater. <laughs> so you can dive down and actually, like, swim through the fuselage. And if, if you look online, there's all kinds of videos of people doing that at this. But it's funny, because, like, on the website, it says, like, divers are able to test their skills by diving in and around this unique piece of Hollywood memorabilia. <laughs> it's like, no one cares about this movie.
1: <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, do you have a fuselage <laughs> from The Fugitive that we can dive around? Because I, I mean, U.S. Marshals is okay, but as <laughs> I like the fugitive.
0: It's like owning a fedora from the two Jakes or
1: something. (laughs) (laughs) So
0: I thought that was kind of funny. So the the original idea for this movie was they wanted to do like a straight up sequel to the Fugitive with Harrison Ford because Mm. you know he was the star of the movie, and uh, he said no. Uh, I don't Mm. think they even got to the stage of like having a script or anything but he said I see absolutely no way that I could be part of that. I don't see how you could create a story that would be interesting to me and uh, would proceed from what we've done. And the studio said, "Well, you'll understand if we try, won't you?" <laughs> so they're basically like, "Well, Harrison's out, but like we're still gonna do this thing. So they went ahead and did it. Though also in the same interview uh Harrison Ford did, this was back in ninety four, he also uh they asked him if he would ever reprise his role as Han Solo, to which he replied, No, not on your life. So <laughs> he must
1: have you know, murdered he could that he'd still person. come
0: back as Richard Kimball.
1: Will that, you ever do a fifth Indiana Jones movie, even though they haven't done a fourth one yet? <laughs>
0: uh uh-uh. uh <laughs> I, uh, yeah, so uh, there were, like, rumors back in 2015 that they were going to do, like, a straight-up sequel with Harrison Ford. And I don't know how that would work. Like, what, would he kill his wife again? I don't
2: know. Yeah, it happens. You know, I but think... But it's a new wife and it's... The better sequel is to just make it so that Tommy Lee Jones is the falsely accused one.
0: That's what I was going to say, And, and too. then he's yeah. running.
2: And Whoa. then you're like... That's the person that I wanted to see, and I was on the opposite end. He has to deal with everything Kimball dealt with, and he, he is, um, he's a fugitive hunter so he's the hardest the one to catch
1: because the fugitive feed. yeah
2: you know it's so funny i was gonna say the exact same thing because that would be so cool it's because brilliant. then he'd be
0: doing everything that he knew to exactly do from being a u.s marshal exactly. and they'd he'd be one step ahead of it'd be like the negotiator or something yeah. or they'd have to be <laughs> you want my blood think each other
2: yeah. yeah like u.s marshals too i i just i want to see that movie because then you have like sure bring like Wesley Snipes and Robert Downey Jr in as the the two young recruits that are going to have to like find this guy and yeah. they have to like use their they're like youth and outside the box thinking to find the guy that like knows how to evade all law enforcement. Like that's
1: maybe a fun movie. Somehow Harrison Ford has to chase him. Like <laughs> maybe he's like a doctor that works for the police now, or <laughs> or maybe
0: like in the intervening years they became friends. Yeah, right? that's fun. So yeah, like, we, I like that. So they rope Richard Kimball and is like, he's your best friend. You must know where he is. And
2: yeah, yeah. Richard
0: Richard Kimball has to help him.
1: Yeah, and then they both jump off of dams and they hold
2: hands. And they both lose their arms.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
0: and you know, the other thing about this movie was, you know, that screenwriter I mentioned who was, like, really hot at the time. John Pope. J.M.,
2: why aren't we hot screen? We have a better idea for for U.S. Marshals than he did. Call us Hollywood. I know, come on This podcast goes straight to Hollywood.
0: (laughs) To the president of Hollywood. I don't know why they haven't called us about this idea.
2: Uh,
1: Phone's probably broken.
0: (laughs) But, like, he was really hot at the time because in that article they said he was, like, writing, like, techno thrillers and stuff, which were really popular at the time. But, like, I was thinking about this movie. When I first started watching it, I was like, oh, this is kind of, like, a cool idea to make it, like... You know, not just the same like a guy who's wrongfully accused, but to make it like a government conspiracy sort of thing. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, no, wait, that's the least imaginative thing you could do. Because this was 1998, like it was in the middle of the X-Files and like the conspiracy theory movie. Like it was everything was doing like the government, the shadowy government conspiracy narrative. And this was just another one of those. Like, I I don't know. Yeah. It's it no. it it wasn't as original as, as you might think. Yeah. One other thing I do want to mention before we wrap up, and this is very important, and that <laughs> is the I don't know if I can get through this without laughing. <laughs> they they released i got this at the last minute of my research i almost stopped doing research and then i found this and that is that they did a novelization for this movie yes (laughs) because for those jd salinger (laughs) wrote and you know they you know they made a lot of novelizations for a lot of movies the fugitive had one that's that in and of itself isn't so funny but they did have it on google books nice and so I, knew, I know that sometimes these writers who get hired to do novelizations get a little flourishy with their writing, uh, even when they're writing about ridiculous uh, things. Like the, the face-off novelization is particularly funny to read. But uh, And I'm sure there's more great stuff in the U.S. Marshalls novelization. But I just did like a quick scan through and I found this uh, one passage that I'd like to read, if I may. Mm-hmm. This is describing Wesley Snipes' character, Mark Sheridan, who, while he's on the run, I guess he stops in the woods to pee. Mm. And, uh, and this, is, uh, this is how the writer uh, described that. <clears throat> Using his
2: pee... <laughs> Jesus Christ. I can, yeah. Are you just describing how people pee? Is that what this writer is no. describing?
0: It's very poetic. It's beautiful. Um, okay.
2: Jesus Christ. In order to pee, you need to use your penis. <laughs> using. Using,
0: oh. using. Using his, using his penis as a
2: penis. As a what? What was he using it as? What do you use it as? What do you pee? A penis? I think you just use it as a penis. <laughs>
0: Using his penis as a paintbrush? What? <laughs> Sheridan, using his penis as a paintbrush, Sheridan coated the rock-strewn drop-off, and the urine glistened like gold in the sunlight, mm. catching green leaves like
2: fresh morning dew. Ew! <laughs> <laughs> what? Using his penis wrote, as a paintbrush. Using
0: his penis as a paintbrush. He dipped
2: it in the paint and rolled it onto the tree.
0: What are you talking about? You
2: wow! Oh my God! Uh, I mean, we're Canadian. That's the most I've laughed this entire pandemic. We're we're Canadian. We've used we've used the pen to write in snow. We've all done it, but we I've never thought of it like a paintbrush. But maybe that's no. my own limitation as an it's artist. Like a
1: magic marker, <laughs> a yellow magic marker. <laughs> oh God! I
0: just can't imagine sitting down to write the U.S. Marshals novelization. <laughs> And there's, like, a line of script, like, he takes a piss in the woods, and, and the guy sits down and, like, well, this may be the only novel I write. <laughs> I'm going to crack my
1: knuckles and really dig in. Well, there was no... I mean, I don't remember him taking a piss in the movie. I mean, maybe it was in the original script. But do you think that this intrepid young novelist was just like, Whoa, I mean, they don't talk about him needing to go to the bathroom. Is he, like, holding it for the whole... Until the end of the movie? I... I think people are going to be worried. I better, you know, yeah, go before you go, you know? And yeah,
0: it's, uh, there was a character earlier in the movie going to the bathroom, so they could have shown it. Yeah. <laughs> so that was, that that uh, destroyed me. That, Brilliant. The, and I'm sure there's more in there, but I did not have the time to comb through the novelization to U.S. Marshals.
1: Well, I hope that we find out more about that young woman that Tommy Lee Jones is.
2: I I don't know. I, I hope we just see more of the glasses guy. Just follow that story. That's the that's the that's the what that's the greatest mystery of all for that guy. What the He sense? was working together
0: with uh, Tommy Lee Jones's date the whole time. Yeah. Twist.
2: Okay, oh, let's
0: wrap up. Blaine, did you think I mean you didn't see it the first time, but
2: what what did you think of US Marshals? Um you know how you thought that like, kind of watching uh the the movie last week? was torture. This is I thought you were getting me back. I really did. I thought this was like you getting me back for Jerry Maguire. I really didn't like a lot of this movie. I thought it was really boring, even though the music was trying to tell me, nah. This is really interesting. I thought there was like some funny parts to it. I love the novelization. Love the chicken (laughs) costume. I'm I'm glad we did this podcast on it. But I'm never gonna watch this movie again. I, it, it kind of reminded me of like other movies set in hospitals and not like extreme measures you know with the
0: oh i really want to do that
2: on see the phone, that's what i want to do because i remember that being like so insane like i don't even remember also, like it's
0: weird because it's hugh grant
2: oh am it's i thinking like, the wrong oh, one
0: no no you're thinking of the right one but am i it's like a medical thriller with hugh grant and gene hackman
2: oh i'm thinking of the wrong one i'm thinking of oh. michael keaton and um, Oh, Desperate Measures. Desperate Measures, yeah. That'd be good, too. Yeah. And Andy Garcia. And I remember the line of, like, you Anything with measures, You want to test you. my resolve, Frank? You want to see where I end and you begin? I was like, what does that line even mean? I remember... We'll it. do both. We'll do we, Extreme Measures versus Desperate Measures. Just... Measure for measure. <laughs> cut. Cut twice. And so I'm just never going to watch this movie again. But, uh, Fair enough. I'm glad we did this for the podcast. What about you, Rob?
1: Yeah. You know, I... Really got my hopes up at the beginning of this movie when it was batshit crazy. And I was like, oh man, maybe this is going to be like, uh, like stupid but fun. Like more chicken costume, more Tommy Lee Jones punching women who look vaguely like Dolly Parton, more, more all the, you know, action craziness. But then it got really serious and really boring. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I liked the action sequences. I liked Wesley Snipes as a character. But you know, it didn't really it didn't really keep me. I found myself looking at my phone. I I fell asleep and had to rewatch a whole bunch of it. I I didn't I didn't enjoy it so much. Uh, Robert Downey Jr isn't that great in this movie. I mean, he doesn't, you know, he hasn't really found like the uh, you know, the Iron Man, I don't know, arrogance or whatever it is. Yeah.
2: I thought he'd bring it's, in some like uh, comic relief a little bit, you know, like lighten the movie. But I don't think he was in that point in his career yet. He was the bad guy, basically. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He's not like a super great bad guy. Yeah, and uh, it was just sort of like uh, there's not not much to it. it. It wasn't as fun as The Fugitive, and it wasn't as it wasn't as entertaining. I don't know if they could have like kept on the note that they had in the first. 15 minutes of this movie then i think that they could have had something good but it's just sort of after that point just feels like a boring sequel without the guy who you really want to see from the first movie yeah i'm Uh, sorry tommy lee
2: jones
0: and i will say i did want to bring this up again i couldn't verify this this is on imdb trivia but apparently this is what robert downey jr said in an interview about the movie he said it's possibly the worst action movie of all time (laughs) <laughs> and, that's not just good, and that's just not good maintenance for, the, for a good spiritual condition. You've had a traumatic year. You've been practically suicidal. What do you think would be really healing for you? How about like 12 weeks of running around as Johnny Handgun? <laughs> I think that if you talk to a spirit guide, they would say, that'll kill you. I thought maybe there was something I was missing, and what I really needed to do was be in one of those films that I love taking my kid to, but it wound up being really depressing. I'd rather wake up in jail for a TB test than have to Whoa. wake up another morning knowing I'm going to the set of U.S. Marshals.
1: Wow. Yeah. I feel you. He much prefers being Johnny Ion Blaster.
2: <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> true. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, I feel the same way, you guys. Like, it just, you know... It just—I just didn't really care at a certain point. Like, I think it did have some really good sequences, like like that one chase scene through the old folks' home. As silly as it was, it was really well done, and like, uh, you know, it's as well edited together. Like, Stewart Baird is. A great editor like he knows how to, yeah. to to assemble a sequence like that i know he wasn't necessarily the editor on this movie but like uh the way it's shot the way it plays out that's great but it just comes so late in the story that you're already bored by the time we get to the best chase in the whole thing i yeah it, it was just kind of disappointing it was way too long it was over mm-hmm. two hours yeah and and like like we mentioned with the chicken costume it, it it flirted with having a sense of humor about itself, but then took itself deathly seriously for, for the rest of it. So yeah, weird. Yeah. I, I, I am sadly in the same camp as you guys. It was not rewatchable.
1: I, I do kind of like their attempt to have Tommy Lee Jones have like camaraderie with his gang. Like, you know, he calls them all kids and he like has fun with them. Right. You know, and yeah. Goes to the bar when yeah. they're all
2: older and, than his date at the beginning of the movie. It's weird.
1: <laughs>
0: and I, you know, I like Wesley Snipes as an actor and I always have, but I, he's not given a lot to work with in this character. No. And, you know, so one of the central things that makes you like Richard Kimball in The Fugitive is that he's a doctor and that even though he's on the run, he can't help but have a need to help people, even when it's Uh, you know is at the risk of him being caught yeah so like that's something that was always like added a, a level of tension and added a level of like uh you know investment in the character whereas like wesley snipes again he's fine but the character is just kind of like a guy who turns out to be this super spy and also like as an audience, like we're in the dark for a lot of it at the beginning. So we're not even right with him because we don't know his past until like much later into the movie. Yeah, Whereas like, like with, 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 with the fugitive, w- yeah. we
1: know that he's like innocent. We know he's innocent thing. and
0: we're as clueless as he is because he doesn't know what's going on. So like yeah. there's a level of remove, but then we're also supposed to be more on the, uh, you know, on the U S Marshal side, but I don't know. It just doesn't work, unfortunately, mm-hmm. but we'll be back next week. With another movie. We'll try again. Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. We're so close.
0: Until then, you can follow us on Twitter at rewatchability, slash rewatchability, Instagram. I don't know how you search for that, but uh, it's there too. Uh, you can follow us and subscribe and rate us on any and all podcast apps. All of them. And until next time, use your penises as, as paint <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> unless, unless you don't have penises. You know what? Just use a paintbrush as a paintbrush. That's yeah, probably
2: cool. the best thing to do. Sometimes a paintbrush is a paintbrush. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats
0: and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter.